0: going on. My name is Dr. Boyce Watkins. Welcome to DrBoyceTV.com, the home for intelligent black people. Well, today we're going to talk about a rapper called The Baby. We're going to talk about why the black man is always seen as The Baby in society. Why uh, you got to be The Baby and you never get a chance to be the man. So I'm going to break this down for you and explain why rappers are always apologizing uh, because ultimately as a community we don't understand the nexus of power So get comfortable, buck up your seatbelt We're going to get started on drboystv.com right now
1: Here we are, claiming the isms, cataclysm, great Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones too late Now family, we the ones who gotta delegate Get that money in the power, never be fake Stick to cold side for three what did he say uh, create jobs support our own educate the same and buy back your home. got three degrees triple ten three phds now we're on the cnn dbtv let's talk about negligence ignorance is blissful, we can turn into intelligence please none of what you hear half of what you see let's break it down here on dr boyce tv we are.
0: hey what's going on guys welcome to drboyce tv.com the home for intelligent black people uh, if you're not black and intelligent or trying to be more intelligent, you you may want to get out because this is not the place for you. Uh, we believe in the B1 philosophy. B1 means we are black first. That means that we solve our own problems. Uh, we also believe that our children, within the next 50 years, B1 children are going to lead the world in economics and uh, wealth and uh, economic intelligence. Uh, and also we understand we must be one in order to be successful. And uh, oh, oh, and here's another thing. Uh, B1 people don't have to apologize for shit. You ain't apologizing for nothing. Uh, You're not going to be out here on your knees. Uh, You are not meant to be beggars. Uh, You're not meant to be on your knees, try to tickle a white man's balls in order to get an opportunity. Uh, You're going to stand on your own two feet, even if that means going down on your feet uh, don't live on your needs because that's not how you're supposed to live. So if you agree with the philosophy, if you are B1 for life, put a B1 in the chat, hashtag B and the number one in the chat. If you agree with this philosophy, this is very important. You must understand why you exist and what you believe. And that's, what's going to help you focus when you're walking through the storm. So how many of y'all, give me a yes or no in the chat. Give me a yes or no. How many of y'all have heard of a rapper called da Baby? Have you ever heard of da, da Baby? He's, I don't think he's baby age. Um, Babies, we got a baby in our house, she's about 10, but this baby, I guess, is 29 or 30 years old. Um, and so, uh, he fits that whole uh genre of rappers, I guess, with names like the Baby and Lil This. So, I think there's another rapper called Baby. Uh, there's a, the LIL Lil This, Lil, Lil Nas, Lil, whatever. Uh, and 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 that's a theme, right? That's an interesting theme. Uh, that's really designed for the black man. If you go back and you look at history, uh shout out to Tariq Nasheed and his documentary Buck breaking. Uh the goal uh for the black man for hundreds of years has always been to make sure that black men know that you are not a black man. You are the baby. You are not a black you are not the black man. You are the baby. You better not call yourself the man. You are the baby. Right? And uh and should you get mad at white people for this? Um no I mean you know why wouldn't they want to keep you as a baby if you want to stay as a baby then then you 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 can keep staying as a baby. I got a little rattler over here and some uh in a little bottle, a little nipple, you know, whatever it needs. Wah, wah, whatever you need, whatever you need to suck on, and you know, as a little baby, you can have that, and we can get you a little pacifier, and uh, and that's that's gonna be your life. But I'm gonna tell you this: there's a reason that this theme is persistent. There's a reason why the Migos, another rap group, did a sprite commercial and they were on tricycles, these grown men. Almost thirty years old, riding tricycles in the commercial. If that was my daddy. I'd be embarrassed. I'd be like, "Daddy, why the hell are you on the tricycle?" I, I, I'm, I, you know, when I was four, I'd be like, "Daddy, I'm four. I should have the tricycle." Daddy, you 29. You shouldn't be on the tricycle like me. But no, that we just kind of go along with it. You know why you believe that is a good thing? The reason you believe that that's a good thing is because white people give them lots of money and put them on TV. If you take away the money and you take away the media exposure. These become uh, the most ignorant Negroes you'll ever meet, but you admire them because you were led to uh, believe that your goal in life is to be a white supremacist, meaning that anybody that white people validate, anybody that they tap on the head and say that they're magical Negroes, those become your leaders. Those become the people that you follow, the people you admire the most. Those are the people you bring to the school, and you tell the kids if you work hard, you can be just like me. You could be a 29 year old man riding a goddamn tricycle, calling yourself a little baby or a little distance. So, so is there a rapper? I, there's got to be one. So, we got Lil Nas X. We got the baby. So, is there a rapper called Lil Baby? Has there ever been? Let me see if there's a rapper. I bet you, I bet you if I Google it, there's probably some rapper with a name Lil Baby. Why wouldn't you? I mean, you want to be Lil? You want to be a baby? Let me see. Oh, there we go. American rapper, Lil Baby. I found it. I told you, I knew it. I knew it. We got the little little, little munchkins, little, little little, elves, little tiny babies out here. So little 30-year-old babies. Let me see. Let me show you a screenshot here. I just found it. I didn't even know. I, I was literally guessing. I was guessing because I'm good at picking up patterns. So there is a rapper here called Lil Baby. So it makes sense, right? You got Little Nas and you got the baby. So I figured there'd be somebody called little baby, right? So, okay, okay. It makes sense. It all fits. It all fits. We are filling up the whole daycare, right? All our grown men, the re- ladies, the reason you can't find a good husband sometimes is because half your damn men are filling up the goddamn daycare and some of them are trying to wear high heels. That That's your problem. That <laughs> That's the issue that you have. Now, is this something that leads me to sit here and sit here and want to rant all day about what the white man is doing and and white people and white supremacy and racism? I don't do that because I, I personally believe that manhood is a choice. Um, I believe that's a decision. You know, I believe you, you'll never hear me call myself voice the baby. You know, I'm not going to be little boys. You know, I was little boys when I was about nine. And when I was nine, I was little boys because my biological father was big boys. So I was little boys, but now I'm big boys. You know, I want to be big dad. I don't want to be little nothing. Right, and so, so where where am I going with this? Well, so this is rapper the baby, just in case you're not aware, um, who is right now he's on an apology tour. They got this poor guy, uh, very talented rapper. He's talented. Get giving props on that. I'm not dissing him, but he's, he's he's talented. But right now he's looking pretty bad. You know, he's he's apologizing a lot, and uh, and I can tell you exactly why he's apologizing, and he's and, and why this is part of a pattern why he's doing exactly what other entertainers have done so here's what happened basically he made a point uh about uh he said something in on stage like you know if you ain't sucking a blah 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 in the parking lot throw your hands up right you know well just so you know if you're gonna be sucking a blah 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 don't be sucking in the parking lot this ladies and the men like just take go to a hotel room or something come on like sucking in the parking lot that's just nasty but that's what he said and they just find that comment as homophobic right so now the baby has been uh, hit with that H word, you know, that scarlet letter, the, the homophobic. And that means that the alphabet boy is going to come after you because uh, they have power. They have uh, leverage. Uh, they have a lot of people, a lot of allies, probably just people that, you know, are in the closet, right? Who are also supporting what they're doing, which is fine, right? I'm not even judging this. I'm, I'm just telling you to, to just, if you want to know what power looks like, look at their community. They are mobilized, they know how to get things done. So they've been putting pressure on the baby. And now the baby is whining and crying in public like this. That's what babies do. And uh, he apologized. And that wasn't enough. That they started. They kept banning him from festivals. My Lollapalooza. It was in Chicago this weekend. My son went to Lollapalooza. He went to go see Tyler the Creator, and I had to tell him. I said, "Well, you know, Tyler don't like me, right? You know, Tyler's been complaining about me for five years now." But he said, "I still like Tyler the Creator." I said, "Yeah, you're right. He is pretty talented." But but yeah, he went to Lollapalooza, and uh, and Lollapalooza was happening, and the baby got uninvited to Lollapalooza. And so now that they're hitting him exactly where it hurts, they're hitting him economically. This is where I step in as a financial guy. Some of y'all wonder, like, well, why are you talking about rappers? Why are you talking about, so what, this sounds like gossip. No, it's not. No, it's not. This is the best economics lesson that your black ass is ever going to learn. This is, do you understand that, that the world is the perfect classroom for, for, for a professor like me, I see lessons, economic lessons everywhere every time you uh the situation calls for you to stand up they tell you sit your little baby ass back down the, every time you you want to stand up like a man they say no you're not the man you are you little, you're little you're little bobo you little bo- you better sit your little bobo ass down sit your little like your mama used to say sit your little ass down right they like they like you ain't got no power so this is all economics 101 thank you very much i like that term this is economics 101 Why do you think that every time the situation calls for you to stand up, that you have to sit back down? Well, that is directly linked to your lack of economic power. Uh, That is linked to your lack of uh, strategic thinking amongst your so-called leadership, your most prominent, most visible Black people. That is linked to the fact that when you were a child, everybody spent all their time teaching you little things like how to dribble a basketball, throw a football, how to bust a rap, and all these other things, but they never taught you how to have economic strength and power. Because I know how I know how these people are. I know how the game of global economic warfare works. I know that the, 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 you can go back to the play. The playbook goes back 500 years. First thing they do when they see you getting out of line is they say, OK, who owns this Negro? How do we cut his purse strings? How do we make sure that he can't eat? How do we scare him into oblivion? Well, we cut off his money. That's what you do. That's what you do. Like when back a thousand years ago, when they would siege a castle, they would cut off the castle and not let any supplies into the castle. They said, We're gonna starve you out. And eventually you'll come out with your hands up because you weren't prepared for the fight. So a lot of times the reason that they have black folks, prominent black folks, on their knees apologizing is because most of us ain't ready for the fight. Don't understand nothing about ownership and power, don't understand what that means to have economic sovereignty and independence. Do you know how many times people tried to shut me down economically? You know, some of y'all have been following me for a while. might remember a story 14 years ago when Bill O'Reilly from Fox News decided that he was going to come after me real hard. And he came after me real hard and it was a surreal experience. I wasn't used to being on national TV and all that at that time. And on the the O'Reilly Factor, which was the number one show in the country at that time, he spent the whole hour. Basically, trying to get me fired from Syracuse University. That's all he—he—he he, he, he just, you know, this guy's a terrible person. And it's again the white man playbook. They—they they do that. They did that with the Lizzo thing, right? You—you you don't. You don't want to hear from a person like me, the same reason you don't want to hear from a Farrakhan. That's why they banned Farrakhan, because Farrakhan and I are smarter than they are. So they don't want them to hear from us because they know that whatever BS argument they have, we can break it down, chop it up into little pieces, and explain why you're wrong. So instead, you turn the person into a caricature, into a cartoon character. You t- you lean on pre-existing stereotypes to paint the person as a villain. So when the Lizzo thing, when I said that you shouldn't be promoting obesity to black people because black people are dying from obesity, they said, Oh, here's an here's an angry black man with his toxic masculinity attacking a black woman. I get that. Okay. Touche. Good for you. Well, the same thing was true with O'Reilly. All O'Reilly did was painted me as an angry black man and they would show imagery of me. They didn't actually have my actual voice. They showed imagery of me talking and looking mean. And they darkened the camera to make me look mean and scary. And they said, this is a bad guy. Syracuse should fire him. And because people aren't that smart, they, some people went along with that and, and the pressure was on. The heat was on. Uh, And uh, the only thing that allowed me to stand up against Bill O'Reilly and to basically give the middle finger to all those people was the fact that I knew that even if I lost my job, I was still going to be okay. I could walk away from anything that they offered me. I was making $122,000 a year at Syracuse University. That's a pretty good salary for a young black man, but I was ready to walk away from it all because I had enough money to the side. I had enough side streams of income, and I was ready to go back to eating bologna sandwiches and and peanut butter and jelly or ramen noodles if that's what it meant in order for me to get by, right? So so the, the, the point I'm making here is that a lot of times the reason you lose the battle, the reason your celebrities lose the battle is because they ain't ready for fighting. They ain't ready to fight. They're not ready for the battle at all. Sun Tzu in The Art of War says that in order to prepare for battle, you must win the battle before it begins. Battles are won before they begin. So in this society that you have, and rappers are in the epicenter of this poor, toxic culture that's being fed to you on a daily basis, uh, in this society, the, the, the idea that is promoted to the masses is that of instant gratification, not for long-term planning. Not to be strategic, but to simply go along and engage in whatever stupid little activity you want to get involved with. When you're a rapper and you get that big check, you're not thinking, okay, how do I put this money to the side and, and cave myself out so that when they come get me, I'm going to be ready? No. I'm going to go and I'm going to do like the baby. I'm going to be a big baby. I'm going to be economic. I'm going to be an economic baby. I'm not dissing the baby. I'm not dissing him. He's probably a smart guy in certain ways and I'm not making fun of him. But I'm going to go and I'm going to do what the other rappers do. I'm going to spend my money on women and and cars and and jewelry. Like I think of the poor guy, I think he's got like 80 pounds of gold around his neck or something like that, right? And silver and everything else. And uh, and and I'm not going to be ready for the fight. So then when the white man comes along and he comes along and he is prepared to chop off my testicles and emasculates me like a little boy, like the baby that I am, there's nothing I can do because I have no defense. All I can do is do what a baby does. When babies are under attack, babies don't fight back. Babies can't get in the car and drive away. Babies can't get up and handle their business. Babies can't pick up a shotgun. Babies can only do what babies do. What do babies do when, when babies are sad? What do they do? Right? What do babies do when they when they need something? Can a baby get up and go in the kitchen and make him something to eat, make himself something to eat if you because his mama ain't cooking that day? No, babies just when mama feed me wah, wah, right. What do babies do? You know when babies when babies need help and they're struggling and they're in a tough situation or you take the toy away from the baby, right? They when that's all they know how to do, right? So uh, what they did is they said, okay, all right, Negro, you you think you grown? Right. Just like, you know, you remember you're little and you you, you, you you bucked up on your parents and you thought you was grown and they reminded you that you're not grown. You're still a baby. Well, he said, they said, oh, you think you're grown. You think you can stand up to the LGBT community. Do you now? OK, well, you know, that Lollapalooza check he's about to get that hundred grand, 200 grand, whatever it is going to pay you. Oh, that's gone out. Oh, you know, that other check you thought you was going to get to be in that the, to play the extra in that movie with, with, with you know, with T. I, no no. Out and and, we can find a new like E40 said, We're gonna find a new nigga next year, we're gonna find somebody else. Oh, you oh that oh, you thought you was gonna be on tour. Oh no, 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 and what oh, you thought this this company was gonna be your corporate sponsor. Oh no, we got alphabet boys in there, and they ain't too happy with what you just said, so just cancel that. Let's just scratch scratch that out too, and so next thing you know, you're stuck. You have no backup plan, you have no recourse, you have nowhere to go. Right. So what do you do? You do what the baby does. A baby, right? I'm sorry. I wish I could do it again. I didn't mean to do it. I'm not making fun of him. I'm sorry. Sometimes I get a little carried away. It sounds like I'm making fun of people. And maybe sometimes I am. But if it sounds like I am, I apologize. But then again, maybe that's a fake apology because I really don't apologize for shit. Because at the end of the day, this is a playbook that has played out so many times. Um Nick Cannon if you recall. He didn't apologize just once. Nick Cannon apologized about 85 times. Now he's out, you know, singing and dancing again on Wild and Out. That was the price of admission. Get on your knees, boy. Apologize over and over. You bet not ever put my name in your mouth ever again. You need to understand the hierarchy. Um, Snoop Dogg, you know, big Snoop Dogg. I'm big Snoop Dogg. And I'm sorry. I, I know, you know, you know that Ice Cube is a friend of the platform. I love Ice Cube. And I love Ice Cube because he's, an, he's a pretty unapologetic guy. Uh, I I asked him lots of questions to see how he responded. respond. I watched his reactions. He's very un- unapologetic. I like that. And I'm going to go ahead and go on a limb and say I kind of feel like him and Snoop are not made of the same substance. I feel like they're a little bit different. But then again, that's their friendship. I'm not even going to go in that territory. That's an old friendship. I don't even want to mess that up. But I'm going to just tell you, you remember Snoop Dogg Gail King? He called her a doghead bitch. You remember that? Which I didn't agree with. I did not like that statement, right? I thought that was too much. You didn't need all that. And next thing you know, Snoop is apologizing, and then he apologized again, and then he apologized again, and again. I think he apologized about three or four times. And now he's back to you know doing what Snoop Dogg does. Uh you, you there, there's so many other examples. Um, uh, anybody remember when Rick Ross got in that situation where he pissed off the feminists, right? Remember Rick Ross, who uh he made that song where he said something about. About uh about women or or something like you know putting something in their drink and basically doing a Cardi B on them and you know so he could get some while they were asleep. Well, they they, they took him down. They took him down for that. He he lost the deal with Reebok and they were pretty much going to cancel him. He's he went and apologized. So I want to ask you this question. So since we're talking about the apology tour, and actually, do me a favor, hit the thumbs up button. Please hit the thumbs up, share, subscribe button. And also, there's an audio version of this podcast. You guys may not know this, but it's on Spotify and Apple and everything else. So it's the DrBoysBreakdown.com. Y'all know a lot of people don't do what we do, so we'd love the support from the people who get what we're saying. I know the masses may not understand, but I'm looking for the people who do. So the DrBoysBreakdown.com is where you can actually subscribe and all that good stuff if you want this on audio. Um, hit the thumbs up button. So I'm going to ask you a question. Give me a yes or no to this question. Rappers say a lot of stuff. And you you guys have heard me talk about you know, what rappers say and and some of the stuff that I have an issue with. Right. Because remember, you have a uh, toxic, broken, defeated culture. Uh, a lot of what is promoted to you in mass media is not healthy. Y'all know there's no way you can. You can't. Don't even try to make the argument. Don't even try to debate me on this because you can't. You can't uh this has been something i've been on for 20 something years just like we was on the ncaa thing for 20 something years they couldn't debate me and you know and and you can't debate me on this so i want to ask you a question give me a yes or no have you ever heard a rapper since rappers like to apologize and stuff how many times have you have you ever heard a rapper apologize for calling black women bitches and hoes in every other sentence have you ever heard any rapper ever have to apologize because he's talking to you know black women his sisters you know women who look like his mama and call them every, every raggedy name in the book. I mean, just literally disrespecting black women at a level at an epic fucking level to, that you've never heard in any genre of music anywhere ever. Seriously, have you ever heard a rapper apologize, like have to be forced to apologize and go on the apology tour and say Black women, I'm so sorry for talking bad about you this way. I didn't mean to do it. Has it ever happened? Okay, that I'm getting some no's. Okay, thank you Jasmine and Dre and and uh M-Rees and uh it's it's Goo Wop. It's Goo Okay, fast cold. Thank you. All right, so let me ask you this. Um have you ever heard a rapper apologize. Rap- rappers use the N-word a lot. The N-word is a terrible word, right? We we get mad when white people use it. But but and rappers use it probably more than anybody. And they and then what's really, what's really fascinating is they'll they'll say it in front of crowds full of white people. So they'll call themselves the N-word in front of crowds full of white people. White people cheer and pay the money. Y'all think that's black success. Uh so so have you ever heard a rapper apologize to the black community for the fact that we that they call us, you know whatever they want to call us the N word on a regular basis. Has a rapper ever apologized because his record label, his white or his Jewish record label paid him money to go out and call black people the N word all day. Have you ever seen the apology for that? Okay. Okay. So no. All right. Check. All right. Have you ever, um, okay. Uh, there's federal law that says in the United States, you cannot market certain products. You can't market alcohol too heavy. You can't market, uh, cigarettes, You can't you certainly can't sell, you know, the oxy drugs that are killing all the white people. You can't sell crack on a commercial. But but in a hip hop song, you can market anything. Right. Uh, uh, Was it Future had a song? Future had a a song called Molly Percocet, and he was literally marketing it over and over in the chorus. And you do it, you put it in the course. That's how you really poison the kids. You really want to get them while they're little. You really want to get them hooked on that dope while they're like 10 or 12 so they never have a chance to do anything successful in life. You like want them dead by 25. That's that's the goal apparently in the music because it's very effective, right? And Because a rapper dies like every week, right? You see that, right? Okay. So have you ever seen a rapper apologize for the fact that they have pushed more drugs in the black community than the CIA did during the crack epidemic in the 1980s? Have you ever... Heard any rapper forced to apologize for the fact that not just the rapper, I'm not talking about the just the artist. I'm not, this is not pointing out the artist, I'm talking about the industry. Uh, the Apple, I'm talking about Spotify, all these record labels. Have they ever apologized any of them ever apologized for pushing drug culture onto black people? Anybody, okay, all right. Okay, no check. All right. Um, have you ever seen uh, Lil Nas X? Lil Nas X's video. I was I, I saw a little bit of the video. I had to vomit afterward, but I did see a little part where you had uh, the black men twerking in prison, which which is really like having Jewish people twerking in a concentration camp. That's what that is, right? So his next video maybe will be some slaves twerking on the plantation. Um, have you you know? And I consider this to be the sexualization of children. I don't think children need to see their favorite artists who they discovered on TikTok. Twerking butt naked with a bunch of dudes spreading their butt cheeks out. Um, Has anybody ever apologized for the fact that they are molesting the brains of your children? Have you ever seen any artist apologize for having black men twerking in prison, naked in front of kids? You know, and, and has anybody apologized? Can give me. Have you seen that? Okay, 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 okay. Juicy J, thank you. Okay, Juicy J, that's the one. I'm gonna write his name down. Juicy J. Okay. So, so, but nobody else. All right. So no. Okay. No apologies for calling women bitches and hoes, no apologies for calling Black people the N-word. No apologies for pushing dope. No apologies for, for pushing sexuality to children. Uh, no apologies for pushing uh, really toxic uh, economic habits in the Black community that's adding to the wealth gap. Uh, oh, 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 this is, oh, I got to ask. I got to make sure, just to check, make sure I didn't miss nothing. Have, have you ever seen a rapper ever apologize for the fact that they mass market and celebrate the murders of Black people? You know, everybody says Black Lives Matter you know, so that must hopefully mean black lives matter, but you know, it's hard to say black lives matter when you're promoting the murder of black people. Like that's kind of a contradictory statement, right? I know it may make people mad, but it's true, right? Has an artist ever apologized for marketing mass marketing, the murder of black people? Okay. No. All right. So thank you for the notes. I appreciate it. I need, I wasn't sure. I was trying to remember. So, so no apologies for calling black women bitches and hoes. No apologies for calling black people the N word. No apologies for pushing dope in our community. No apology for sexualizing our children. No apologies for adding to the racial wealth gap. No apologies for celebrating the killing of black people. Now, mind you, you get so you got a black man. We need the visual here. I need to break this down in real simple terms so you can understand this. Uh, maybe that's why I call it the Doctor Boy's breakdown. I, I like breaking shit down to the microscopic level so you can understand exactly why you're all fucked up. Okay, so so you got a black man standing in front of an audience with a hundred thousand white people. Pretty much, I saw the Lollapalooza crowd. A lot of them were white, and the black man is in front of a hundred thousand white people calling himself the N-word, calling black women bitches and hoes, um, uh sexualizing children and bragging about killing black people. Literally, an artist can make a song with the lyrics die nigga die, and that would just be seen as a, a wonderful hit. Now, okay, so it so so you've never seen an apology for that. But so so while we've never seen any apology for any of the other toxic behavior that's being promoted by um, by the uh toxicity industrial complex, which is what the music industry has become. Do you ever wonder why you suddenly have the baby apologize? I mean, literally on his knees, like like a real baby, like he's really looking like a baby, looking kind of sad. I was looking, I felt kind of, I was like, damn, the baby needs some milk, a, a pacifier. Somebody get the baby, so the baby's sad today. Did poor baby, you know? And 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 but but why is he apologizing because what because he offended the LGBT community. Do you understand now why I explained to you that these damn liberals are not your motherfucking friends? These are not your friends. These are not your allies. I know the Republicans are not your friends either. We know this. Put that to the side. I'm not talking about Democrat, Republican, but my God, if these are your friends, then you don't need no enemies. Seriously. I mean, if you've got friends like that, then who needs enemies? Because because they sound like enemies to me. They don't sound like, like allies to nothing. Nothing good in your community. So, so I'm not sitting here saying that what little, what the baby said was okay. I don't, you know, yeah. I mean, don't be sucking blank in the parking lot. I mean, sure. Okay. Whatever. You know, if you're not, I mean, unless you, unless you're, I mean, if you're offended. Like, oh, I was planning on sucking a penis in the parking lot today. I, uh, I'm, I'm kind of outraged by that. I mean, that's kind of weird, right? Like you're offended because he told you not to go suck a penis in the parking lot. Who gets offended by that? Like, that's weird to me, right? But putting that to the side, that uh, awkward visual to the side, I'm just sitting here trying to say, how in the world, uh, why in the world are we apologizing for this, but not apologizing for all those other things that are going on in this damn industry? You know, all these other things are happening, but yet this is the thing that you stick a pin in. This is the thing that really gets your goat. Well, I wasn't mad that he was he was disrespecting women uh, to, you know in a, in a terrible way. I wasn't mad because he was calling black people the N-word and and, and uh, pushing dope and getting little children hooked on uh, on, on oxycontin and methadone. I wasn't I wouldn't uh, I wasn't offended when he talked about murdering black people, but when he said don't go sucking no penis in the parking lot, ooh, that burned me up. And I I was ready. I was ready. Seriously. Like that? Are you kidding me? Like that's the thing that really got you going. Like all this other stuff, zip past your radar, except for when he said, "Don't go sucking no of black in the parking lot." Now, it, that's your right, first of all. I mean, go do if that's what you want to do, go do it. But I think you need to take a moment and kind of understand what's really going on here. I think you need to really take a moment and step back and understand how deep this plot goes and how music is used. To destroy your damn community, how hip hop was really weaponized as a a weapon of of extraordinary genocidal destruction in every single way. And and so so, you know, at the end of the day, I I encourage you to take a moment and ask yourself: what does power look like? And why don't we have any? You know, the the reason the baby has to apologize is very basic. He knows who the boss is. In the entertainment industry, you were raised to believe that the entertainers have all this power. The entertainers have no power. They're just the people that are thrown up on stage. The people that have the power, the people who own the record labels, the people who control the capital, the people who run the damn businesses, those are the power brokers in this whole situation. He's Pinocchio. They got a hand up his butt and they're telling him what to say. So right now they got him apologizing, doing the whole butt breaking dance, You know, looking kind of silly, looking kind of sad, highly emasculated, because, uh, because we don't have that conversation about what it means to have the economic power. Uh, do me a favor, hit the thumbs up button, hit the share button, hit the subscribe button if you haven't done that yet. And I want to show you all something. Um, I put this on my Instagram. My Instagram is the Real Voice Watkins, by the way. So if you like real conversations, feel free to follow me on Instagram and I'll, I'll put the Instagram also up there. So in case you want to follow me on IG, um, I put this image up and it was an image of who owns BET and I want you to take a look at this. Some of you are on my Instagram, and I, I want to say hello to all of you and acknowledge you. Um, and uh, and I put this image up, and I want you to see this. I mean, this is really a conversation about who controls the media that's being consumed by you and consumed by your children, uh, by your community. Uh, and so here's a picture of this crusty old white family that owns BET. So these are the people that are deciding um, what gets green lit on BET, what doesn't. Uh, these are the people that decide that, you know, we we because we think Bill Cosby's a bad guy. We don't want the Cosby show to be seen to black people if we, you know, by black people, even if black people want to see it. Uh, these this is the family that decides. Uh, I think they're the uh, Redstone family. They're a billionaire family uh, that controls BET. Now, let me show you another picture. Let me pull this one up. This one's uh, a picture. Uh, I grabbed this picture online and uh, I want you to even look at things like the Black News Channel. Where you got Mark Lamay Hill over there? I'm sure Mark Lamay Hill would probably tell me that you know the baby should be banned because you know because offending gay people apparently is the worst thing in the world. Uh, to hell with black people. To hell with the black community. But if you offend gay people, then that's a that's a that's a, a, a an offense that should be punishable by death. Um, and so and I don't know why Mark is so adamant about you know about the LGBT struggle, but maybe that's between him and his tampons. Uh, but anyway. Here is the uh, guy, if you look up who owns the Black News Channel, that's the guy who owns the Black News Channel, a guy named Shad Khan. Shad Khan is the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. So uh, give me a yes or no. Looking at that picture, do you think that uh, Shad Khan is uh, African-American? Does he look African-American to you? Give me a yes or no. Does he look like a person that on any level would identify with the Black struggle at all? Like what? What do you, do, you, do you see a black man there? Are you seeing Tyrone, or are you seeing a guy you know who looks like maybe he's from Pakistan or Iran or some other place? He, he don't look like he's from the hood. So, so the question that you must ask yourself is this: Why is it that so many people who are not black are so eager to control the media that is consumed by your community? Do you understand that this means that you have given other people the permission to poison? The psychological food that is consumed by your children. Do you understand that? And 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 so so when you have ideas that are that infiltrate the community, where everybody's kind of coming in and destroying either destroying things or taking things away from you, you must understand that the way they do it is they do it through the media. They do it through the businesses that they prop up in your neighborhoods that they would never allow. Pay attention now. Go go try to put a black business in. In Shad Khan's neighborhood, wherever Shad Khan he's from, I think he's from Pakistan. Go to go to a neighborhood full of Pakistani people and try to put your black ass, you know, put a little business up and see if they support you. I uh, try to go and start the Pakistani news channel. I want you to go do that. I want you to go and say we really care about the people of Pakistan. We really love them, and we want to make sure that they have. Um, that they have the best news possible, so we're going to decide which people in the Pakistani community should receive a voice and which people should be ignored. Do you think, give me a yes or no, do you think that he'd be okay with that? Do you think Shad would be as cool about it as we are? Because we we, we We have people that are pretty cool with that. We have people that just think, oh, it doesn't matter who owns it, right? Well, if it doesn't matter who owns it, then why do they care so much about who owns it? Why are they okay with owning you, but they're never going to allow you to own them? And why are you okay with that arrangement? You're you're okay with that arrangement because when you talk about things like white supremacy, what you're really talking about is your your dual commitment to um, black inferiority. You are really actually confessing to the fact that you view yourself as inferior to other people, which is why you allow them to create these indecent proposals and imbalanced relationships with you that are completely asymmetric in their advantage. That's why you love doing 90-10 splits. When you get ten percent of the power, they get ninety percent. You're okay with that because you see yourself as inferior. So you may think that you're complaining about white supremacy, but sometimes, really, what you're saying is that you're used to white supremacy and black inferiority, and that when that's what actually makes you comfortable. So, so let me just uh, kind of dig in a little bit and conclude on this um, on this issue here. Um, I want to say, you know, I don't really want anybody to think i'm making fun of the baby you know he's a young guy he's not i don't even think he's 30 yet he probably doesn't understand this stuff you know and if this video gets back to him i don't want him to think i was making fun of him uh you know i, I ain't gonna lie you you call yourself the baby you kind of asking for somebody to make fun of you like come on man, you ain't a baby you know call yourself the man how about being be the man or something like right? what is this baby and little and all that and that fits into the whole buck breaking agenda because Malcolm X used to talk about how the goal in America was to always keep the black man as a little boy or as a little girl, because when you are fully masculine and fully empowered, fully intelligent, fully prepared, ready for war, ready to fight, not afraid, you become a tremendous threat. And at that point, that's when they want to take you out. Okay. So, so, so the baby, uh, I, you know, I wish him the best. I don't know how he's going to recover from this. Uh, I'm sure he will. I, mean, I guess maybe eight more apologies will do it. So maybe, you know, we, we can get those apologies locked and loaded uh, because right now that's the only uh, avenue for survival. But what I want to say to you is I want you to un- the reason I want you to understand and to take seriously what I say about the importance of having your economic situation intact, your economic literacy intact, your, your wealth and your investments intact is because when you run into a situation where you are under attack, It is gonna be your economic security that protects you. How many times do you see black folks quiet or apologizing on their job because they are afraid of getting fired? When I was at Syracuse University, the biggest thing that me and the other black professors were afraid of, or the, or the, the reason I didn't have any black scholars that came to my aid when I was going through my battle with that university was because they were all scared of getting fired or all scared of being blackballed. And I said, this is ridiculous. So I realized that the only way that I could withstand their attacks was to find alternative sources of income and wealth so that I don't have to apologize to anybody. Last year, when when I had when I made when I made that statement about Lizzo, uh immediately uh, I had a, a speaking engagement in Birmingham, Alabama, at the AG Gaston Conference. And uh, they loved me the previous year. They wanted me back the second year because I know what the hell I'm talking about, but they couldn't be associated with me because white media had decided that I was a bad guy. They called me and they said, we're going to take this speaking engagement off the table. We're not invited anymore. That was a $10,000 speaking engagement. You know what I did? I told Alicia what happened. We laughed about it. I took a nap and didn't even think about it anymore. I I was able to walk away from that because I was prepared for that. You must understand that in America, freedom of speech is a goddamn illusion. You ain't got no freedom of speech if you don't have any economic power. It is a game where you must pay to play. And when you can't play, you're going to get played because you did not come prepared for the game. When I talk to my 10-year-old about the keys to success, I say, what are the three P's of success? She says, uh, practice, uh, practice, persistence, and preparation. And I tell her, the early bird gets the worm. Preparation is the key to success. The one who gets ready for the battle is the one who's going to win the war. And a lot of y'all Negroes ain't ready for nothing. You sit around complaining and crying and whining the baby meh, mad because of what they done did to you because you sit around partying and chilling while they prepare for battle. So when they come get you, you ain't ready. You just reacting and praying to white Jesus and wondering what happened. Oh, my God. What did they do to us? They done did it again. Lord, Lord Jesus, they done did it to us again. They keep on every time we try to do something. They, they come to get it. They, yeah. Stop that, man. Stop that. Stop that. They're not going to quit. <laughs> the, the world is not going to stop hating black people tomorrow. They're not. They're they're just not. And and, and the more empowered that you become, the more they're probably going to hate you. So the question is, do you have the courage to truly fight for what it means to be free? Because if you don't got the courage, then you need to just, like Malcolm said, take the word freedom out of your vocabulary. Stop using that word. You're watering it down. You're making it worth nothing. It doesn't mean anything anymore because you run around. To, you say Black Lives Matter, well, Black Lives don't matter to you. If if a hundred kids can be shot in Chicago on a weekend and you ain't said nothing because CNN didn't report on it, then Black Lives don't matter to you. So just shut the fuck up. Seriously, just shut up. You sound stupid at that point. So so I'm I'm just gonna say here at the end of the day, and I I swear I, I never plan on doing all that cussing. I thought I'd be much calmer today about this. But I'm just telling you, man, when I see this stuff happen, it makes me very sad. I feel sorry for these poor guys. You know, when you were sitting in the booth learning how to bust a rap, somebody really should have been teaching you how to how to build an asset base. Somebody should have been teaching you how to invest in a stock and buy some real estate and, and protect yourself and, and prepare your exit plan for when they come get you because they going to come. And so, 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 you know, whatever is going on here is, is what's happening. I'm not judging it too much. Maybe I, I am. I don't know. But I wish them the best. So I'm done talking, guys. Hit the thumbs up button. Hit the share button. Hit the subscribe button if you haven't done it yet. Uh, Also, uh, don't forget, we have a book club. We're reading uh, Black Labor, White Wealth by Dr. Claude Anderson. Uh, You can get free access and free access to my life class by going to blackkeystogreatness.com. That's blackkeystogreatness.com. It's totally free. It doesn't cost you a nickel. And uh, If you want to know what power looks like, that's what we talk about. We're into power. We're not we're not trying to be babies. We're trying to be grown-ass men and grown-ass women because grown-ups are the ones who get to win. Babies don't win nothing. So take care, guys. Have a good night. Hit the thumbs up button on your way out. I love you and I appreciate you a hundred percent. And I'll talk to you guys later. Take care. Peace.
1: Here we are, claiming the isms, cataclysm, great. Our people out here struggling, trying to make it in this state. Everybody out here doing it, but we the ones who late. Now, family, we the ones who gotta delegate. Get that money and the power, never be fake. Stick to shine for three. What did he say? Uh, Create jobs, support our own, educate the same, and buy back your home. Got three degrees. Triple 10. Three PhDs, now we on the CNN, DBTV, let's talk about negligence, ignorance is bliss, but we, we can, can turn, turn into intelligence. intelligence, please none of what you hear, half of what you see, let's break it down here on Dr. Voice TV, here we are.